Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Ron, the show, Hughley, is uh, is out. Just a little time with the fam. A little, uh, in fact, we need to check in and see how those... Uh, See how that little couple's massage went massage with Ron, the show Ugly. Hope he got his cheeks rubbed. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I mean, you're you're a cheek-rubbing guy. I just don't know. Change I mean, your I, life. I just hope he went in there and at least used the term glutes and not cheeks. Look I, at I hope, Sean's face. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Tyler said his favorite part of a massage is, is getting his cheeks rubbed. I mean, it just... Dead seems, serious. It, it's, I don't really appreciate the fact, nothing against Ron, but that you're giving me a visual. I just don't like that. I mean, there's a sheet over me. I mean, you know, the cheeks are covered up, but but man, you Look, get a let's massage. Be let's let's be honest, and I don't, I shouldn't go here with it, but you, you could carry one of them little Deshaun Watson towels in and carry up that little hatchet ass you got. You, know I mean? you, you don't, you act like you need a king, uh, you, you, like you don't need a California king size sheet to cover up that the, tail end. You, you're pulling around. The size too. of it, yes, you're correct, but no one wants to see how hairy this ass that, is. That so massage has to be bone on bone. When she when when she digs that elbow in there, it's got to be bone on bone. Hey, I I've never, uh, I've always admitted my back runs straight into my ass, okay? <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's just what God gave hey, me. I got a buddy of mine, I tell him all the time, he peacocks around. I said, boy, you ain't nothing but lats and hamstrings, man. It's, just like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, they, they ain't even tied. Like, he ain't got, I mean, just no, no. I got a great personality, Look, yeah, okay? yeah, 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 it's about right. I mean, it, them, them damn lats tie straight into them hamstrings, What boy. did you say, lats and what? Lats and hamstrings. They just tie straight in. <laughs> they ain't, they ain't no glutes in between them two, man. I mean, it's just a giant it, Latin hey, hamstring look, walking around, and he he peacocks around like 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 he's best thing since sliced bread. I'm like, boy, you better go sit down somewhere. All right, here go here we go. The Texans got the Titans uh, coming up and and uh, on Christmas Eve, and there's been some big news pop in in uh, in Nashville with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. There's a report out there. It, it hasn't been confirmed, but. There's reports out there that um, that Ryan Tannehill could possibly d- be done uh, for the season um, with the injury that that uh, occurred in last week's ball game. It was a second ankle injury. Um, he left the game uh, briefly last week, and Malik Willis took over. And then next thing you know, I look up at the screen, and Tannehill is back in the football game. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Right now, the Tennessee Titans – are leading the division. They're four seed in in the uh, in the AFC right now as a division winner. Um, they're seven and seven with the Texans, uh, the Cowboys, and the Jacksonville Jaguars on the schedule. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one game behind the Tennessee Titans with a game versus the Tennessee Titans to end this year's season in Week 18. So the uh, the the division champion here that's going to get that automatic pass into the playoffs that four seed um is still up for grabs the jacksonville jaguars are surging um playing some really good football beat the cowboys last week have won several games have they, how many games in a, in a row have they won Who, jacksonville yeah two is that it they've got uh cowboys and titans they got blown to bits by the lions three weeks ago two that's feels right. like a lot for them that's right old, old <laughs> kneecap biter just got got them three weeks ago didn't they but uh, J- Jacksonville is is uh, it, it looks like they're trending in the right direction fairly quickly here late in the season. The division's going to come down between the Titans, quarterback by potentially Malik Willis. We will uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, I guess more importantly here is is the fact that it looks like it's going to be Malik Willis this week in in uh, in Houston. I mean I mean in Nashville 
Uh, not that that, but not that the Texans had any luck with with Malik Willis the first go round, but but I'd rather face really the Titans Henry, with, who ran for two hundred nineteen on him that game. Yeah, I, I would rather face him with Willis than than uh, than than Tannehill though. So that bit of news has popped, and and then with the injury report for the Houston Texans, um, you got a, a chunk of veterans that that did not practice today, not injury related, and then you got Nico Collins who did not practice; he's out with a foot. Kenyon Green. Did not practice out with an ankle. Uh, those two guys did not practice. It is Wednesday on a short week. They play Saturday. Um, those guys are on the verge of the whole Levy Smith, if you don't practice, you're not going to play. I wouldn't expect to see either one of those guys. And then as I jump down the injury report here, one name that sticks out that that could be a problem that was limited at practice again today, uh, Sean, is, is, uh, is Chris Moore. Yeah, Chris Moore has been a weapon for the for the Texans. He's been the go-to receiver. He's been one of leading receiver the last two weeks. Yeah, and, and look, even before the last two weeks, you look back when Nico Collins and and, um, and uh, Brandon Cooks were injured the first time. It, it seems like Pep Hamilton, Chris Moore is the one guy that Pep Hamilton can scheme to get touches. Yeah, but just not enough. Right. Because... <laughs> <laughs> you know, 10 catches against the Cowboys, and then he goes yeah. four off like six targets against the Chiefs. I didn't feel like the Texans looked at him enough down the field that that's, game. That's fair. He's He's been productive, no doubt about it. But he was limited. He was limited with a, a foot uh, injury, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully he'll get back. But the fact that he's been limited the last two days uh, gives you hope that he's going to play. I don't remember any, any major injury happening where he came off the field and wasn't able to go, so I would no. expect – Chris Moore to play here. Here's one that's surprising. And I, I think this is the elephant in the room in terms of the injury report and who is or isn't playing with the Texans. Brandon cooks. Uh, he had a calf injury. He was limited Tuesday and he was a full participant today. Sean, I know you're one that believes that Brandon cooks has taken his last snap uh, snaps, for the Houston Texans in 2022, at least he's a full participant at practice today. Where's your head at now? The, the fact that he was a full participant, I mean, does make me side-eyed a little bit, but I just wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of tomorrow or Friday and there's a wink-wink, you know, setback yeah. with his calf. That yeah. just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We'll see We'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted. There's one more day of practice before they travel on Friday, play on Saturday. So uh, tomorrow, Thursday's practice, we'll see if Brandon Cooks is full go. And uh, we'll keep our eyes open for any report that uh, that he is or isn't going to play. The other one on this list is Steven Nelson, um, the the starting corner for the Texans. Foot and, and uh, knee injury, two injuries there late in the season. Veteran getting banged up, played a lot of football. Um, he's a full participant Tuesday, full participant today. Looks like the Texans are going to get Steven Nelson back in that secondary. So it looks like it would probably be Steven Nelson at corner and – um, Tremaine Smith, Tremaine Smith at the other corner, yeah. and then bump Des King back down inside. Have him and uh, Tavier Thomas as the nickel dime defenders inside. Good news for the defense. It looks like with full, being a full participant, two straight days. Yeah, and I would like to see them even put King back on the outside situationally for Tremaine Smith, so he doesn't get over uh, powered as he did against Scantling this past week in the Chiefs. A touchdown he gave up in the corner of the end zone, I didn't feel like needed to happen. I just thought it was a failed adjustment by the Texans with personnel. Got you. Got you. Yeah, no, I know I like I like Dez inside and I like Tremont Smith and and Nelson outside. Um but again, I mean we talked we had a conversation, heated conversation last hour, seemed like about uh, Lovey Smith's 
you know, infatuation with, with zone coverage. There's no doubt about it. Des King can get that done on the outside. So we'll keep you. There's the injury report. Texans, Titans, Christmas Eve. I'm looking forward to putting my toes up and watching a little uh, Texans, Titans football Christmas Eve leading into my my uh, – a big, my first Christmas one, baby girl, y'all. Yeah, and you'll baby. probably sip a few cold Coors Light, too, right? Ain't no probably to it. I mean, that's, that that part of it is a for show. Uh, you'll sip a couple tomorrow night. we got Jags and Jets on the TV at, uh, from the Lopez household. Chief, that's a good point. I, we, he better have some silver bullets over there. <laughs> I'm sure he will. I'm All bringing right. my own. Yeah, just a point. Five o'clock fire. That's a good point. I think I should bring my own as well. I may bring enough for everybody. Because typically when you put Coors Light in a, in a fridge or in an ice chest, what happens, Tyler? It disappears quickly. First thing that disappears. We, we leave Lopez's place, and he'd be left with all the leftovers, and silver bullets would be gone now. All right, also, uh, 1.36 this morning, John Heyman, our MLB Odyssey insider, um, Sports Radio 610 insider, he, um, he announced that Carlos Correa broke the news. Carlos Correa flips from the San Francisco Giants, where he had a 13-year, $350 million deal uh, inked, and the medicals didn't check out. The medicals didn't check out, and the Giants appeared to have backed out. Here, here is, are, are there, is the statement that they released on the Carlos Correa situation. While we are uh, prohibited from disclosing confidential medical information, as Scott Boris stated publicly, that's Carlos Correa's agent, by the way, there was a difference of opinion over the results of Carlos's physical examination. We wish Carlos the best. We are anxiously awaiting the details of, of what the heck happened here with Carlos Correa and the Giants. But nonetheless, again, 136 this morning, John Heyman, he drops a bomb, and Carlos Correa has flipped from the Giants to the Mets. He loses a deal, so he's got. To, I mean, he's got. He loses one year off of his deal, so he goes from 13 years to 12 years, and he loses a handful of millions. Goes from 350 million to 315 million over a 12-year span. Carlos Correa is now a. New York Met. Boy, they can spend some money up there in New York, can't they, Sean? Spending a ton of it, and uh, they're spending it on some aging players, both on the field and in their starting rotation with the addition of Justin Verlander this season, along with uh, Quintana, who's, what, going to be 34, 35 this season as well? They got a, they got a lot of money tied up into some older uh, ball players, but you have to respect it on paper. They look stacked. Yeah, they're, be they're so good if they stay healthy. They're they're stacked on paper. Interesting. We in our conversation with John Heyman, which we had him on at uh, what was that three forty T? Is that right? At uh, three forty. If if you want, hit that Odyssey app. The rewind feature is absolutely money. Go back and listen to our interview with MLB Inside Odyssey Insider John Heyman. He was he was money. I mean, absolute money. Um, there was a couple of interesting things about. Uh, Carlos Correa going to the Mets. Obviously, what happened with the with the medicals that didn't didn't clear? Um, he says it was not the back that was a lot of people were concerned about. He doesn't know what it was, but it was not the back issues that Carlos Correa's had of late. Um, we also talked to him a little bit about where Carlos Correa fits in in terms of that left side of the infield for the New York Mets. Francisco Lindor, uh, where does Correa fit in? Obviously, at third base. Boy, you take. You take, I mean, one of the best defensive shortstops, if not the best defensive shortstop in the game and move him to third base, that's a good problem to have. It is a good problem, but Lindor's no slouch himself. I mean, he's on a Hall of Fame track record 
as a shortstop with New York, too. You have an incredible left side of the infield right there. I just wonder, too, because the Mets were reportedly in on Correa before he announced uh, an agreement with the Giants. I wonder if Correa was so willing to move to third initially, maybe he changed his mind that the Yankee, or rather that the Mets were going to give him the years and comparable money uh, after the failed physical, so to speak, and everything that happened with the Giants. I just, I'm interested in this whole dynamic, and I don't know if we're going to learn in details as soon as you think we are. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know if we are or we aren't, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for them. Yeah. And, and, and when they break, we're going to get John Heyman on again to talk about him a little bit here. Heyman the, dropped a good nugget, too, by the way, with uh, the uh, Brantley and Pena dynamic and how Brantley fits into the Astros lineup that I think is low-key something we need to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I thought I thought Tyler brought a, a nice little nugget to the table here on, on this uh, New York Mets uh, spending frenzy, if you will. I mean, it, it's th- these guys have spent a boatload of money this offseason. They have blown the the the, the single season payroll out of the water with Woo, this year this, this 2023 payroll. I mean, surpassed it by 150 million dollars, damn near. Um, and all of that. And Tyler, where where are they sitting in Vegas as a favorite to win the World Series? Yeah, now uh, the New York Mets. They are uh, second in uh, how likely. Well, I'm struggling to find my words here. They are second in. Their odds, there it is. The odds for the Mets to win the World Series has shot up through the roof. The Astros are still number one. Mets are second in the odds to win the World Series next season. How would you like to spend $806 million in the offseason and have a payroll that is far greater than any team in Major League Baseball and still not be the favorite? To win the World Series. Better yet, how would you feel if you were a fan of the team that spent a little over $100 million this offseason and you're still the favorite? How's it feel, boys? Hey. I love winning. How's it feel? Me too, Dusty. Thank you, bud. Hope you're doing well, man. These sports books are, are finicky. You know, it depends on which one you look at. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, the Mets are now the World Series favorites, jumping up to plus 650 with the addition of uh, Korea. Oh, wow. You know what? This guy here? He's poking holes in all of our all of our, our points. You know, you know what? You got a you got a you got a lot of uh you got a lot of baseball spo in you. you I, know? I'm just saying, you know, you like lot, these things are. Let, let, let me dig over here and poke a hole in your story, Tyler. Let me, let me you know what that report you got to hell with it. it ain't yeah, right. Boy, yeah. You just you throw what. that in the trash. I tell you what, you ain't worth killing. That's Sean Bajani, by the way. You're listening to Sports Radio 610, and um, my man Ron, the show Ugly is out, and no big deal. He's good. He's healthy. Spent a little time with the family. He's probably naked on a massage table right now, and probably talking Courtney's ear off, trying not not letting her enjoy uh, her her massage. Sidewind I mean, ass tennis shoes. I'm just I'm just being complete. I'm just being completely honest. I'd imagine that's what ha- that's what's happening. No way he can lay over there quiet without either snoring or talking, and just let Courtney enjoy her massage. I can't call, text him, and see if we can't get a report of how that. How that thing went, T? If you don't on if, it, if you don't mind. All right, we uh, we got some audio, folks. We got some audio. My my, I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. My favorite Astro at this point in time. Damn it, I don't know if I, I don't feel good about it. No, no. White boy, white, white boy, boy Chaz has got to be my yeah, one. White boys one of guy. my favorite Astros uh, has not only re-upped with the team, but he spoke, folks. He's talking to us. He's answering all the questions. You can hear it from the horse's mouth. Does Michael Brantley? How's he feeling? When's he swinging a bat again? He, is he cool with uh, with splitting some time in left field with Jordan Alvarez? 
Well, he'll not we. He'll answer those questions next, right here on Sports Radio 610. He's sore. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, Ron, the show Ugly is out. Sean Bajani of Sports Radio 610 is in. I just say of Sports Radio 610 because, hell, he's a host. He's a reporter. He's a big-time contributor across the board, digitally, online, and and uh, on air, Does obviously. It Does it all, man. Does it all. So, Sean, we, we appreciate you. Uh, joining us, but I tell you what, you keep poking holes in my damn in my damn uh, stories and my damn takes. We, well, I'm, we, I'm have to get you replaced over these next couple of days. Sean's gonna be with me, uh, me and Tyler over the next couple of days. So uh, y'all stay plugged in, and I'm gonna see if he can't uh, see if he can't piss me off one more time. You know, we kind of like the Astros bench right now. You're slim pickings, bro. I don't know who else you're gonna get, but you got me <laughs> through Friday. That's I hear all you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm with you. Well, the Astros. Look, I, I, th- to me, this is what I hoped would happen um, with the Astros. Is Crane, Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, has been talking about adding another bat to this lineup, and and uh, we watched a couple of catchers get signed elsewhere. Um, we watched a couple of other outfielders sign elsewhere. And Michael Brantley just quietly kind of hung in the shadows. And the news broke Monday uh, that Michael Brantley re-ups with the Astros one year, $12 million, with $4 million worth of, of incentives for a total of $16 million if all goes right with Michael Brantley in 2023. And we've all look. We I love Michael Brantley, but there always been a little caveat there. Well, if he's healthy, if he's able to come back healthy, then hell yeah, we want Michael Brantley back in this clubhouse. You've already added one three hundred hitter in Jose Abreu that 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 can bring some pop and some power to the lineup as well. And now Michael Brantley, a career three hundred hitter, um, is another guy that the Astros have signed and have under contract. Now, is he healthy? Before we get there, by the way, Uncle Mike, he spoke to us today. Before we get back to the health aspect of this, Michael Brantley, I want you to hear from him. I got three cuts here that that uh, from the horse's mouth, man. Um, was it always the plan for Michael Brantley to return to the Astros? Yeah, 100%. Um, we have the family atmosphere like we do. We have such great teammates uh, in an organization, like I said before, that, you know, brought me in with open arms and made me feel comfortable right away. I'm very appreciative of it. So anytime I had that opportunity, uh, you know, working through this process, you know, I always got excited. You know, anytime that, you know, there was a chance that I knew I could come back and be a Houston Astro again. Yeah, look, I, when I just – I love Michael Brantley anyway, but one thing about him that I greatly appreciate is – how genuine and authentic and sincere he he appears to be. I don't know him personally, so I may be giving him a little too much credit. But I love the fact that you got an older player that is a career 300 hitter uh, that has pelts on the walls, if you will, been in the league for a while. And out of the gate, he talks about appreciating the opportunity to, to be a part of such a great team, such a great organization. So he went on and on throughout the, the interview about the the owner, the organization, the clubhouse, the team, yada yada yada. I, I it's refreshing, I guess, uh, for me, uh, Sean, to hear a player be so appreciative of an opportunity when we're talking about one of the better hitters if he's healthy in all of Major League Baseball. Because he believes in himself, sure, and, and he appreciates Jim Crane and the Astros organization for reciprocating that belief. They believe in him. I, the proof is in the pudding over the course of his entire career. He's been one of the most consistent hitters of, of his era. 
Um, you mentioned it, 300 hitter. Look at the on-base percentage. Look at the OPS. Just look at his OPS plus since he's been a member of the Houston Astros. It's kind of leveled out on an average of uh, about 120. That's well above an average major leaguer. You know the yeah. value that he gives you. I'll make one comparison. I, I thought Justin Verlander had an interesting comment yesterday uh, when he was introduced uh, by the New York Mets. He'd said in relation to why he wants to continue, why he wants to keep going. Well, know if he's a mile away from the finish line or if he's ten miles away from the finish line. He's just running the race that you call life. You don't know when it's going to end, but you're going to make damn sure you get every bit you can out of it. I think that's Michael Brantley. And I think quite similarly to Justin Verlander, who sat two years on the shelf rehabbing and getting his body and his arm where it needed to be, where he wanted it to be, watching the Astros make a run and win or go to a World Series and lose without him being able to contribute, finally being able to do that, have one of the best seasons of his entire career this past year. I think Brantley sees that same sort of promise and has that same sort of fire and hunger in him to be able to try and do the same thing. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that uh, that everything you just said is is spot on. I, I hope you are right, and I and I hope that is the way he feels. I hope that's the way it all plays out. I I just I'm great. I, I, it's refreshing to hear a professional athlete in 2022 be unbelievably appreciative of the opportunity and not be just stroking because you just got life changing money. Actually, appreciate the opportunity. Um, Michael Brantley uh, again. I think one of the biggest questions. Uh, one, would he return to the Astros? That's been answered. Um, but number two is if he does, and when he does, where's he at physically? We've all speculated. Um, we've heard 18 different opinions uh, about Michael Brantley. Speculate. That's right, A.B. That's right. Speaking of him, he's in the damn news again. But, um, it, it, look, there's no better way than to just ask Michael Brantley, where are you at physically, and when will you be swinging a bat again this offseason? I'm feeling great. Obviously, I've been, you know, rehabbing and working hard all offseason to get back. But overall, I'm doing phenomenal. Really happy where I am physically. I won't be able to hit yet to uh, mid-January sometime. I don't have a select date. But sometime in January, I'll start swinging a bat and kind of have a little progressive uh, hitting schedule throughout then. And we'll go from there. Feels phenomenal. Is that the word he used? What do you use? Phenomenal? Phenomenal, That's yep. the right word? He feels phenomenal, and he'll be swinging again in January. I, I, I absolutely uh, love it now. Until he's swinging, until we see him actually walk to the plate and and uh, be back to the old Brantley, I, well, I think everybody's going to hold their breath a bit. But it sounds like he's in a good spot. And the Astros, with the contract that he received, it sure appears that those that are in the know feel pretty good about Michael Brantley's ability to to, to play ball in 2023. No question about it, man. Uh, you know the fact that um, this has been a ramped up process and what I initially anticipated. I didn't think he would resign until the new year. At best, uh, maybe even February as you get closer to spring training. The fact that it's kind of ramped up, he says he's feeling phenomenal. That makes me feel really, really good about his future, where he thinks his body yep. is, and where he thinks his, his swing could and should be by the start of spring training. Well, it, it sounds like they got people that are in the know, right? Brantley and the Astros. You look at the contract, and then you look at the 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 – you know, the message that Brantley's communicating here, it, it all seems like it's trending in the right direction. So that's a good thing. Here's the other thing about uh, Michael Brantley is clearly with him re-upping with the Astros, there's some kind of understanding in place that he's going to split time, if not if not, be a 75-25, depending on whether they go Bagwell's plan or they go with 
Dusty Baker's plan for Jordan Alvarez. But either way it goes, it's going to be a platoon approach to left field with Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez. And um, look, here's he was asked about Dusty wanting Jordan to play more left field, and he was asked if he was cool with being the DH in those certain uh, situations. Of course. Uh, I'm a team player. Team comes first always. Uh, I just look forward to contributing in a positive way each and every day. Any chance that I get. So if that's what they want to do, I'm all for it. If he needs a day and I can go out there and left field, I'll be ready to do that as well. Um, I think we do a great job of, you know, communicating how everybody's doing and giving everybody, or trying to keep everybody fresh in the process. So uh, whatever they need me to do. Look, I, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I, Show and I have spent a lot of time talking about the what the hell's going on in left field, the rotation in center field. I'm stoked to be what to be in, in on the verge of covering an Astros team where we know left field is going to be Jordan Alvarez and Michael Brantley, and we know center field is going to be white boy Chaz, Chaz McCormick, and right field obviously is going to be uh, King Tuck. I mean, I, I, that, like I, I'm just – I can't tell you how much time we spent on these airways trying to figure out, okay, now, is it White Boy Chaz? Oh, is it Jacob Myers? He's coming yeah. back. Oh, is it Siri? Oh, is it Dubon? What's going on with Dubon? He's he's Verlander's center fielder throughout the year, but then the closer we get to the playoffs, he disappears. In the playoffs, he's not. Like, that whole, that whole thing, I, I think, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think that we are on the verge of covering an Astros team that the, the outfield is going to be somewhat predictable, which I'm here for. Yeah, you know, I, I think an entire season with Chaz McCormick as the guy I think makes a big-time difference as well. I liked him whenever they'd first given him initial, his initial shot. Um, getting back to Brantley real quick in the, the split, 54, 54% of the time he DH'd this last season before he'd gotten hurt. Um, that's been pretty close to what his average has been since he became an Astro in 2019. 54% last year. If it's between 50 and 75, he's obviously getting older. Maybe that number changes a little bit. It will be an interesting follow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. I, the, the beautiful thing is is they've got the flexibility and, and the luxury, if you will, of of leaning either direction with, with those guys, right? DH or uh, left field. And, and here's what we know is, is come playoff time, assuming they're healthy, hope, hoping that they're healthy, they'll have plenty of, of – in 162 games, they'll have it all figured out. And the guys that get paid big money to figure that out and put the best lineup out there. I love winning. Whoever plays left field and hits the best, whoever DHs and hits the best, let's just let's just make that happen. Yeah. I'm just stoked about covering that outfield uh, next season in, in 2023. All right, the wildest thing in sports this season, I think, and I believe, um, definitely in Major League Baseball, it happened last night, and I'll, we'll tell you who it involves what it is, and we'll discuss. We'll do that next right here on Sports Radio 610. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Ron, the show Hughley is out. Sean Bajani, Sports Radio 610 is in, baby. And it's Sports Radio 610 on air. He's a contributor. He's a host. He's He works digitally. He's a reporter at all the press conferences um, with the, the Houston Texans, which there's several every week. Um, at the games with us hanging out. So, Sean Bajani is with me today in place of Ron the Show Ugly. That's right, Ron the Show Ugly done handing the reins over to old Dirty Red over here. We're going to have a little fun. We get off the tracks every now and then. Hey, I got a request. What do you got? All right, so for people that don't know, we've got a show page, Google Doc, right, where we do all our Sure, yeah. At the top of your show page, you have a description of you, Ron, and T-Milk. 
Yep. Okay, like who you are as people or professionals. Yep. <laughs> you want your description in there? I want you guys to come <laughs> up with my description. I like it. By the I end think, of the I week think, this week. I think we could probably make that happen. All right. I, I love I, that. I think, I think we could probably make that happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just a little reminder of who you're dealing with. And yeah. So, I'd be interested um, in, in your yeah. assessment. Yeah. I, well, I've, I've got, after today, I've got a couple of, I got a couple uh, of uh, things I'll, I'll add that I didn't, that I didn't have coming into, coming into today. I know where you're going to go with one of them already. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, baby. And nothing wrong with a little passionate conversation uh, it, it, in uh, between the, the two and six o'clock hour here. On Sports Radio 610, uh, Houston Sports Leader, if you're wondering, if you're out there listening, we greatly appreciate it. Hey, happy holidays to you. Not a hell with that. A Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, baby. Let's make it happen. Uh, hey, give your loved ones an extra hug, kiss, celebrate, have you an extra pop, put a smile on your face, man. These, If you can't smile during the holidays, something is seriously wrong with you. You need to look in the mirror and make some big-time changes. Um, but we appreciate you listening. And uh, hopefully everybody's out there is having a, a heck of a, a holiday season so far. I know one guy uh, that that's having a pretty good holiday season. I know one team that is not. Last time we spoke with you guys yesterday, Carlos Correa was scheduled to have an introductory press conference in San Francisco out there on the West Coast with the San Francisco Giants. He had inked a deal with the San Francisco Giants, 13 years, 350 million dollars well the 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 introductory press conference was postponed due to the carlos correa medicals not uh not not checking out basically they found something in his medicals which we don't know exactly what that is we had john Heyman on our our mlb odyssey uh insider sports radio 610 insider um we had him on it in the 340 segment so pull out that odyssey app uh, use that rewind feature and go back. He he hit on on several topics, not just Carlos Correa, uh, several Astros topics beyond Carlos Correa. But he had a lot of interesting things to say about Carlos Correa. But nonetheless, that that the medicals didn't check out, so Carlos Correa chose to go back into free agency and quickly accepted a deal that that I believe had been on the table previously um, from the Mets. Carlos Correa agrees and inks a deal with the Mets, 12 years, $315 million. Now, I read an article a little bit earlier on on this particular flip, and, and Major League Baseball has just simply never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about this caliber player, this level of contract, uh, that deep into, um, hell, being introduced as, as the team's shortstop for the next 13 years. It's just never happened. There's a couple of examples. Yeah, he was that, literally moments away from being introduced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there were there's a couple of examples of contracts not working out, guys backing out of deals, teams backing out of deals, but nothing even remotely close to this level. John Heyman broke the story at 130. I've been saying 136 all day long, but it was 138 this morning. Uh, Correa to the Mets, 12 years, $315 million. And, Sean, when I look um, I'm immediately go to um, the curiosity of what the heck happened. Yeah. How did the Giants feel so confident in, in Carlos Correa, $13, $350 million, and they can't, they can't get the medicals right or accept what the medicals consist of, and in less than 24 hours, hell, it wasn't even 12 hours, by, I don't think, but nonetheless – Less than 24 hours later, the Mets feel comfortable enough 
to go 12 years, $315 million. Now, he's still got those medicals still have to check out. Yeah. But I'm assuming the Mets are, are there's an understanding there of what they're getting into at this point. Exactly. Now. And it's based really off of the uh, statement put out today by the San Francisco Giants, which indicated that there was a, quote, difference of opinion over the results of Carlos's physical examination. So the medical said, hey, here's this, here's a red flag, and the two sides couldn't agree on it. Now, here's a nugget that I did not know about before, that I, I just read a current article. According to this, on uh, and this was something I, on Fox News, Boris, Correa's agent, told the San Francisco Chronicle the Giants, quote, indicated they still wanted to negotiate about Correa, but he didn't hear anything more from them, end quote. Soon after is when the Mets pounced. So there was a difference of opinion on the medicals. Then the Giants, according to Scott Boris, said, hey, yeah, but we'd still like to negotiate. So that goes against what I initially thought, that the Giants, if you want to call it buyer's remorse, fine. But they struck out on Aaron Judge. They needed to make a big splash. Correa's available. You go out and you agree to terms with him on the contention that, you know what, we're good with this unless there's something really concerning that the medical show us. Well, apparently it showed them enough to where they were like, eh, maybe the years, maybe the money. And that's why they still wanted to negotiate with Boris. But people forget, and I think it was Seth Payne who on December 14th, because they agreed on the 13th, made mention of, hey, yeah, but the Mets were interested. And then it was quickly shot down, I think, by Pendergast, where it was like, no, 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 the Mets, what what would they want with Correa? You know, they've got Lindor. Not even thinking about the fact that he could probably play third base. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, and I don't know that we're going to get the details to really do that as quickly as we think. I'd be I'd be really interested in knowing a lot of the specifics here. Well, I mean, look, we've got we've got several shows to do here, Bob. We, we've got plenty of time. We yeah. there will definitely be leaks of, of what happened at some point in time. I would imagine. But that, who's that, leaking? Who's leaking though? I mean, well, it would look, probably I, come from the I, Mets I'm, I'm versus the Giants, you, right? I mean, this kind of money on the table. I, I I don't know why Carlos Correa would go up there and say this is what was going on. This is what happened, like specifically. But I, I bet you that he alludes to it. I, yeah, I bet you. So. I bet you that he. I know if I were him and somebody somebody's calling my health into question, and I just signed a twelve year, three hundred fifteen million dollar deal with the Mets. I, I would. I would like to put get out in front of that. Thing. I would like to put <laughs> their media and their fan base to rest of like, hey man, this this was blown out of proportion. This was not that big of a deal. They basically got cold feet, or they were concerned about this, and it's not a problem. We had a physical. We had it all checked out. Yeah, fair. I mean, there's a chance that that Carlos Correa. There's a chance the Mets could say something. Um, who, who knows what could happen? We we got a lot of we got we got plenty of time. We got shows the rest of the week, baby, to figure this thing out. It's going to be you, interesting. You mentioned Francisco Lindor being their shortstop, which that means the left side of the Mets infield is Lindor at short and Carlos Correa at third base. That that's as about as nasty as it gets in terms of the left side of an infield. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it was an easy way to slot Correa into third base. They didn't have. Uh, a guy there, I think his name was David VR, who was, you know, on a uh, MLB minimum salary. So it was an easy slot. The interesting thing to me in that position change for Correa is I wonder if he would have been just as open to that or was just as open to that when the Mets were first reported to be interested in his services. Or if because the way things were nixed with the Giants, maybe then 
he knew he could get the AAV, the yeah. average annual value, the years, the money total that he wanted from New York. It's an easy decision in that regard. Yeah, and look, I'm going to be honest with you. It, you look at what New York is doing. Um, one, I, I mean, New York or San Francisco, if you're a big city guy, one I know is West Coast, one's the Northeast. Outside of the weather, if you just want to be in a big city, I, I think you were going to accomplish that both places. And you look at what the Mets are doing in terms of spending money, they don't need to convince you that they're trying to win it all. Hell, just look at, at what they're doing. They they Their off-season spending this year was $806 million. That's more <laughs> than the, the lowest 22 teams in Major League Baseball combined. 22 Crazy. teams combined was less than what the New York Mets spent this offseason. When you look at their payroll this upcoming season, it's knocking on $500 million. That's $150 million than the next highest in Major League Baseball, I believe that's ever, that's ever been paid out. Yes. So, so I mean, you're you're talking about they've gone, and the luxury tax was in the $111 million range on, on the article that I read. I know Heyman had a little bit of a different number. I know you've, you've, you've mentioned a couple of different numbers it today. Was, it, you know, it's not definite. It's projected to sure, be sure, sure. surpassing $111 million, which is more than 10 clubs total salary allocation yeah. in the 2023 season. Yeah, so I mean it's it's just wild what the way in which they're they're spending and and the way in which they're trying to buy a championship. Um the way in which they're they're chasing the Astros spending this kind of money, which I just everybody's chasing the Astros at this point in time because of the success that they've had and and the Mets are doing it by just throwing an unbelievable amount of money at as many superstars as they can. I, look, I, I just don't think that, that Carlos Correa needed any convincing that they're trying to win a championship. So I think the swing was was something that was probably in the back of Carlos Correa's mind anyway, considering how quickly it, it, it swung. Now, I mean, I guess we're doing all this talking about it. At the end of the day, he still had, the medical still hadn't been cleared in New York. Right. I mean, to my knowledge, they're still waiting to see if those medicals clear. That would cleared. be a story, wouldn't it? If if he if he loses out on this deal, yeah, and that deal keeps trickling down, Ooh. fewer years, lesser money. Yeah, at yeah. that point, we'd be possibly talking about the end of his career, right? I mean, if these teams not, aren't not the end of his career, but the end of the opportunity to get a but that money, okay, dozen year contract and that sort of money. Yeah, because clearly the, the talking about the end of his career. What, what the well, hell? Well, I mean, if there's an uh, injury there, concern that there? that two different clubs are addressing, and yeah, they both are like, yeah, we're concerned about the this Astros injury deal. knew his medicals better than anybody, and they still offered him five years. 160 million dollars that's a good point you know and very good the, point the minnesota twins knew his medicals probably that, that's just what, as good as see, the astros that they gave him 35 million and to play this, last this year. is all this, this is why it's so fascinating sean is, is i mean just you guys going back and forth and us going back and forth that's why it's so fascinating is like what the hell happened he played in minnesota everything was fine the astros offered him everything was fine i mean like it, it, it keep you keep going back to did the giants get cold feet did the giants it's almost like when you buy a house. I really like this house. I'm going to put an offer in on it. But I know that if I find something better, if I decide I don't want to spend that amount of money, I can always say, eh, the inspection didn't pass. I found something on the inspection I didn't like. Man, sorry, I got to back out of that deal. <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it, you, you wonder if that's really what went down. Hopefully, we'll find out. Yeah, You talk about buying a house. I, I, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The builder screwed my house up. They were supposed to give me four-sided brick. I got three. I said, fix it. They said, oh, you don't like it? Well, we're not going to sell you the house if you're not going to be happy. 
they weren't they weren't even willing to take my money at that point in time. And I still wanted that. I needed a house. I needed a place to live. So it could work a billion different ways. Quick question. Uh-huh. How did you find out it was it was three-sided, not four-sided brick? Because I'm a nutcase and I went to the site every single day and I noticed the day that they poured the slab, they didn't put the ledge for the brick on the back side of my house. Oh, so you're talking about like the whole back of your house wasn't brick. The whole brick. back of my house is not brick and it's supposed to be. It's the only damn house in the neighborhood <laughs> that's not I mean that four-sided that's brick. A, I think that's I think that should be illegal. I think you should sue. I've been in it for 10 years and it's paid I, I off. Mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. Now that you own it, they can't take it back, man. Can't I think you should sue. I think that's Bush League of them. Of Keep them thinking to do. about putting some brick veneer or something up there, so I don't look like. Yeah, look. Let's be honest. Pull, pull that siding off. They make these little, these little, uh, these little, um, basically brick faces that you can you can glue on that Joker. Yeah. And, and it'll look it'll look just like you wanted it to a long time ago. <laughs> Problem is, is you gotta you gotta pay for it. All right, man. Look, I hope Ron the show Ugly. I hope he enjoyed his massage. More importantly, I hope he let his beautiful wife Courtney. I hope he let her enjoy the massage. And didn't ruin it because he was overindulging, overenjoying. Tyler, I hope your, uh, I hope your 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 Twitter page is going okay. I meant to check in a couple of times yeah, today. Man. Yeah, no, um, it's going I wasn't well. gonna I wasn't gonna force it on the uh, on, on our listeners, but um, I don't blame you. You know, I, I hope I hope you're doing well, Sean Bajani, Man, I appreciate you joining today. Look forward to the rest of the week with you. Yes, All right, for uh, Clint Turner, Tyler Milner, Sean Bajani, and all the Sports Radio 610 crew, we'll talk to y'all tomorrow. As usual, the drive. Is live, baby. And in color, and also... The drive is in the hose! See? <laughs> See? Nice. See, you're not coachable.